was working super hard on a makeup tutorial show. She was teaching smoky eyes to folks out there who really wanted to know when some freaky deaky science stuff only understood by nerds. Zapped into old radio shows the kind you might never have heard. Now she should probably be trying to get out But Madison, she's having fun Living an old-time radio life Our explanation is done um, We start the film on the night of Friday, June 13th, 1958 The counselors are all singing a song together in a cabin And we get a POV shot moving through a cabin full of younger kids sleeping. And I thought it was odd that the boys and girls are sleeping together. Or in the same together. cabin? Yeah, that is a little weird. You know, the POV shot, obviously inspired by Halloween. What the hell? Come on, you stupid player. I only downloaded so many podcasts before I got zapped back into these old-timey radio shows. Don't stop working now! A pair of counselors sneak off to an empty cabin to have sex. If I can't watch a good scary Halloween horror film, because I'm sorry, but 1930s horror is absolutely lacking in the blood and gore department, then at least I can listen to vintage video podcasts talking about a good scary Halloween horror film. Oh man, what kind of tech support can I get in the 1930s? Have you tried uninventing it and reinventing it again? We know now that in the early years of the 20th century, this world was being watched closely by intelligences greater than man's, and yet as mortal as his own. What the heck is this? We now know that as human beings busied themselves about their various concerns, they were scrutinized and studied, perhaps almost as narrowly as a man with a microscope might scrutinize the transient creatures that swarm and multiply in a drop of water. With infinite complacence, people went to and fro. Is this a science podcast? I never downloaded any science podcasts. After I was forced to learn all of the planets, and then they got rid of Pluto, and then they came back and said dinosaurs had feathers, I couldn't believe anything my science teachers ever taught me. In the 39th year of the 20th century came the great disillusionment. Camp Crystal Lake, which they a couple of them refer to as Camp Blood. It's back. Um, but they basically... Huh. Maybe Vintage Video had a glitch yeah, when they I mean, uploaded the episode? So about having... Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt our podcast to bring you a special bulletin. Who interrupts a podcast? These things are pre-recorded. At 20 minutes before 8 central time, Professor Farrell of the Mount Jennings Observatory, Chicago, Illinois, reports observing several explosions of incandescent gas occurring at regular intervals on the planet Mars. The spectroscope indicates the gas to be hydrogen and moving toward the Earth with enormous velocity. Okay, guys, ha ha. This your Halloween gag or something? Professor Pearson of the Griffith Park Observatory confirms Farrell's observations and describes the phenomenon as, quote, like a jet of blue flame shot from a gun, unquote. So Mars just farted in the direction of Earth? Hilarious. Uh, let me just try to skip ahead. And it's bad luck there's a curse on the place and you shouldn't go there it's like you just told me not to believe that guy and you're corroborating everything he said okay got it back we, we just like to hurt his confidence in front of him <laughs> yeah 
Ladies and gentlemen, following on the news given in our bulletin a moment ago, the Government Meteorological Bureau has requested the large observatories of the country to keep an astronomical watch on any further disturbances occurring on the planet Mars. Seriously? You guys are quickly slipping away from a five-star review here. Due to the unusual nature of this occurrence, we have arranged an interview with a noted astronomer, Professor Pearson, who will give us his views on this event. In a few moments, we will take you to the Griffith Park Observatory in Los Angeles, California. Griffith Park Observatory? I haven't been there since my high school field trip. Buzz started a knife fight with Jim to impress Judy? No, wait. That was Rebel Without a Cause. We return you until then to the Vintage Video Podcast. Maybe later, guys. Huh. I really don't remember the last time I was up there. It's 1938. The place has got to be, what, a couple years old? Might be interesting. Wow. I just thought going to the observatory would be interesting. Boredom, thy name is 1938. this place. It's so new. Holy crap. The air is clean. I think I'm getting lightheaded from the lack of pollution. Come on, hurry. Get that equipment set up. We're live with the interview in five minutes. Mr. Phillips, where would you care for me to stand? We're setting up in the room with the telescope. That way you can give us up-to-the-moment observations. Fine, fine. Why is the portable transmitter just sitting on the lawn? Hello? They had to settle me with the overnight crew. and not a full brain between them. You, girly! Me? Why are you just standing there? What are you supposed to be doing? Uh... Take that transmitter into the telescope room. Oh, absolutely. Right away. I'll do like I did when that woman in the Costco parking lot thought I worked there and demanded I load her living room chair into her SUV. There was denting, scraping of metal, and the loss of her back bumper. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Carl Phillips speaking to you from the Griffith Park Observatory. I'm standing in a large semicircular room, pitch black except for an oblong split in the ceiling. Through this opening, I can see a sprinkling of stars that cast a kind of frosty glow over the intricate mechanism of the huge telescope. Who did that? Sorry, but it is pitch black in here. Professor Pearson stands directly above me on a small platform, peering through a giant lens. Professor, may I begin our questions? At any time, Mr. Phillips. Professor, would you please tell our radio audience exactly what you see as you observe the planet Mars through your telescope? Nothing unusual at the moment, Mr. Phillips. Mars can be viewed as a red disk with transverse stripes across it. In your opinion, what do these transverse stripes signify, Professor Pearson? (laughs) Not canals, I can assure you. Although that is the popular conjecture of those who imagine Mars to be inhabited. From a scientific viewpoint, the stripes are merely the result of atmospheric conditions peculiar to the planet. Actually, the stripes are just astronomers looking through telescopes and imagining patterns in everything they see. Which is our tendency as human beings. Indeed. Sure. That's why we see faces and stuff. OMG. I had to stop drinking pumpkin spice lattes when every one of them had a face in the foam. 
I found out later the cute barista guy was doing that on purpose to get my attention, but by then I'd already held a seance at the Starbucks, and after the blood sacrifice, the manager banned me from the store all the way through peppermint mocha season. To continue... You're quite convinced, Professor Pearson, that living intelligence as we know it does not exist on Mars? I'd say the chances against it are a thousand to one. And yet, how do you account for these gas eruptions occurring on the surface of the planet? How do you jump from gas eruptions to intelligent life? The eruptions are coming at regular intervals. Uh, old faithful anyone? Dude, I fell asleep in like nine out of ten of my science classes, but I still know more about this stuff than you, Carl. Exactly what is your job at the station? We just received this message, Professor. Ah, yes, thank you. Just a moment, ladies and gentlemen. Someone has handed Professor Pearson a message. Professor, may I read the message to the listening audience? Not if your reading skills are anything like your science skills. Certainly, Mr. Phillips. Ladies and gentlemen, I shall read you a wire addressed to Professor Pearson from Dr. Gray of the National History Museum, New York. Quote, 9.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Seismograph registered shock of almost earthquake intensity occurring within a radius of 20 miles of Los Angeles. Please investigate. Signed, Lloyd Gray, Chief of Astronomical Division. Unquote. Professor Pearson, could this occurrence possibly have something to do with the disturbances observed on the planet Mars? It's an earthquake in L.A. If you're going to blame that on Martians, you might as well blame them for the traffic on the 405. I was addressing Professor Pearson. Well, she's not wrong. About it not likely being Martians, that is. Thank you, Professor. Ladies and gentlemen, we've been speaking to you from Griffith Park Observatory, bringing you a special interview with Professor Pearson, noted astronomer. This is Carl Phillips speaking. We are returning you now to the Vintage Video Podcast. And we're out. Tell me your name so I can fire you. You can't fire me because I quit. Which actually I don't recommend. Always let them fire you. You can't collect unemployment if you quit. Calm down, Mr. Phillips. This young lady has a keen eye for science. I credit Beekman's world for that. And as for you, I thought you'd give us some insight into life on Mars, Professor. But all you did was deny it. And then we get this message about an earthquake which you could have said was a, a meteorite or something. But instead you agreed with this girl. What a waste of my time and journalistic talents. All right, let's pack it up. What is your name, young lady? Madison Standish. Sup? Hey, can I look through your telescope? Of course. My brother had a telescope when we were growing up. I thought I was going to catch him using it to spy on one of my girlfriends who lived next door, but instead he just tapped into her webcam and streamed her bedroom live. He was headhunted by Mark Zuckerberg. Can you see the red planet? Oh, yeah! That is amazing! I'm really looking at Mars? Indeed. You are viewing the surface of Mars some 54 million kilometers away from Earth. You know I'm an American and kilometers means nothing to me, right? <sighs> Approximately 33 million miles. Hmm, yeah, that doesn't help me either. Let's just say really far. Yes, let's describe the vastness of space simply as really far. Oh, hey, I, I just saw one of those eruptions. Merely a natural phenomenon generated by the planet's molten core. You see, Mars is more primitive than Earth, so it's still stabilizing. Dude! I just saw a huge flash of light! It looked like the pyrotechnics for the last Stones concert I went to where Keith Richards caught on fire. Thankfully, he's a cyborg now, so he just kept on playing. What's that? The astronomical event warning alarm. Whoa! Look at that streak of green light in the sky! You're looking at Mars. You mean on the planet. 
No, in the sky. Our sky. I saw it through the opening in the ceiling without the telescope. What? Jeez. Was that like an earthquake in the sky? A skyquake? My goodness, these readings. Was that a bomb? It's 1938. Is Oppenheimer ahead of schedule? Hello? Yes, this is Professor Pearson. This can be confirmed. Uh, of course, I'm on my way. I don't drive, so I'll have to hire a cab, but I'll be there as quickly as possible. Hey, if, if you need a ride, I can take you. Oh, well, thank you. As long as it doesn't inconvenience you. Dude, gas is 20 cents a gallon now. If you guys hadn't shown up here, I was just going to do donuts around the parking lot for an hour. Because I can. This is Santa Clarita? The Wilmoth Ranch, yes. It's so empty. I'm used to strip malls and track housing. The crash seems to have attracted some spectators ahead of us. Whoa, look at the size of that pit. Was it a meteor? No, it looks more like a huge cylinder. I'd speculate 27 meters across. Uh... Uh, 30 yards. Ah, geez, with all those people crowding around it, I can barely see. Okay, everybody, disperse. It's not like Beyonce's down there giving a free concert. Hold on there, miss. Oh, good, officer. Could you move these people? We can't see the cylinder thingy. I'm keeping everybody back until we can get some scientists to make heads or tails out of this. He's a scientist. That's so? Well, look at him. Unkempt hair, tweed jacket with elbow patches, pants hemmed too high so his white socks are showing in his brown shoes, and those crazy eyebrows. He couldn't be more Professor Cliché if Disney were casting. I'm Professor Pearson, astronomer from the Griffith Park Observatory. Oh, and a British accent. People always sound smarter with a British accent. I tried that for a semester in college, but all it did was get me deported. All right, this way. Follow me. One side there. One side. Did you see it come from the sky? Yeah. You? Nah, I heard it first. I'm Mrs. Wilmoth. This is my ranch. Madison Standish. Hey. You've got some prime real estate here. In about 60 years, this'll all be a Costco. You say you saw it? What'd you see? Well, I was looking at Mars through a telescope, and then whoosh! This green light flies right over us. Like a Pink Floyd laser show. Only without music, and I wasn't high. I caught wind of a hissing sound. You know, kind of like a 4th of July rocket. Ugh, I know I'm gonna sound un-American, but I hate fireworks. My poor dog reacts like it's London during the Blitz. Blitz? Oh, right. 1938. Well, if that cylinder is actually a Martian, you probably don't have to worry about World War II. I don't know what it is, but after I heard that hissing, I seen this kind of greenish streak, and then zingo! Something smacked the ground, knocked me clear out of my chair. Jeez, would you look at all those cars? Ugh, driving all over my ranch. The poor cattle won't have nothing left to eat. This ain't a road. Y'all can't drive here. Madison? Madison? Over here, Professor. This, this, this cylinder is most peculiar. The metal casing is definitely extraterrestrial. Not found on this earth. 
Metal? So, definitely not a meteor? Meteorite. A meteor burns up in the Earth's atmosphere, what is often termed uh, a shooting star. But a meteorite survives its journey through the atmosphere and strikes the ground. Thanks a bunch, Bill Nye. But can we skip the science lesson and jump right to the scary thing that just landed in Mrs. Wilmot's back 40? Yes, well, you see, friction with the Earth's atmosphere usually tears holes in a meteorite. But the cylinder, well, the cylinder is smooth. So we're talking spaceship here. I... I don't know. I need to get back to the observatory to review my findings. Will you drive me? Love to, but there's so many cars now, we're blocked in. It's like trying to get out of Dodger Stadium any time after the seventh inning. Wait, what's that scratching noise? The, uh, sound of nightmares? Perhaps it's the unequal cooling of the cylinder's surface. What's going on? Can you see? Something's happening. She's moving! Holy crap! The top of the thing is starting to, like, unscrew! I think it's stuck! Righty tidy, lefty Lucy! Stand back! Get back, I tell you! Maybe there's men in trying to escape! It's red hot! They'll burn to a cinder! They think someone's inside of it? Oh, here's hoping for Superman. Or at least Mork for Mork. Look out there! Get back! She's off! The tops come off! I think something's coming out! We must get a closer view! Hold it a second there, nerdlinger. A minute ago, you said the chances of life on Mars was a million to one. Thousand to one. Sorry, but I'm still not measuring things in British. Yes, well, regardless, we need So, to... I am not going over there to stick my face in a crater containing some sort of spaceship, even if it turns out to be Tom Welling. Then stay here. I'll find another ride. Oh, that little nerd is gonna get vaporized. These book-learning types have no street smarts. I myself never learned anything from a book. I'm exclusively educated by horror and sci-fi movies. <sighs> Wait, Professor! Ladies and gentlemen, I can see inside the cylinder now. Good heaven, something's wriggling out of the shadow like a gray snake. Now it's another one, and another one, and another one. They look like tentacles to me. I, I can see the thing's body now. It's large, large as a bear, and it glistens like wet leather, but the... It's indescribable! If you can't describe it, then you probably shouldn't be on the radio, huh, Carl? Get out of here, I'm trying to do my report. Hey, Carl, describe to your audience the gesture I'm making. You, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to find a better vantage point. Until then, back to Patrick at the Vintage Video Podcast. Oh, wow. I'll tell you what is really indescribable. That smell. Like... Octopus sweat. All right, all right, everybody stand back. Madison, do you see it? It seems weighed down. Perhaps it cannot move against the Earth's gravity. Oh man, it's got a triangle-shaped mouth dripping with saliva. It's like those photos in my high school health books trying to warn teenagers against VD. We need you to step back too, Professor. State police are here. They're going to try and make peaceful contact. You sure you want the police for that? Come on, Madison. I can still see everything from over here. Captain and two policemen advance with something in their hands. I can see it now. It's a white handkerchief tied to a pole. A flag of truce. If those creatures know what that means, what, what anything means... Wait, wait a minute. Something's happening. What? Where? Move! You're blocking my view! Would you look at that? A humped shape is rising out of the pit. A small beam of light against a mirror. What's that? Do you see it? No! With the two of you standing there, I can't see anything! <laughs> Yeah!
you saw that. Uh, I don't have fight. Inflamed. The officers, they're turning into flame. Great descriptive word usage there, Carl. Oh, the whole field's caught fire. Oh, just what Southern California needs. Freaking Martians coming down here and starting wildfires. We can burn down our own national forest, thank you very much. It's spreading everywhere. It's coming this way. Yeah, time to bail out, Carl. Come on, Professor. Move it or lose it. Pedal to the metal. What? Huh? I, uh... Dude, run! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, due to circumstances beyond our control, we are unable to continue the broadcast from the Wilmoth Ranch in Santa Clarita. Evidently, there's some difficulty with our field transmission. However, we will return you to that point at the earliest opportunity. Until then, we take you to a promo break. Hello, me popsicles. Why don't you grab your multipass, a drink, and come sit with us? Let's pick each other's brain. We want you to be part of our intimate conversation about science fiction topics. Let's do this. Join us, and let's talk about science fiction topics in books, movies, TV shows, and games. At Science Fiction Remnant, you are invited to listen in. Listen now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget your multipass. Ladies and gentlemen, I've just been handed a message that came in from Santa Clarita. At least 40 people, including six state troopers, lie dead in a field east of Wilmoth Ranch. Their bodies burned and distorted beyond all possible recognition. Professor Pearson has been located at a farmhouse near the ranch where he's established an emergency observation post. As a scientist, he will give you his explanation of the calamity. The next voice you hear will be that of Professor Pearson. Heat ray! Give me that microphone. We gotta stop them. I was kidnapped by aliens ten years ago. They did all kinds of experiments on me. They've been studying us for years! Professor Pearson, please give us your thoughts on these strange events. I can give you no authoritative information, either to their nature, their origin, or their purpose here on Earth. Of their destructive instrument, I might venture some conjectural explanation. They mostly come at night. Mostly. It's my guess that in some way they're able to generate an intense heat in a chamber of practically absolutely no conductivity. This intense heat they project in a parallel beam against any object they choose. That is my conjecture of the origin of the heat ray. There's something out there waiting for us, and it ain't no man. We're all gonna die. Thank you, Professor Pearson. Back to you, Patrick, and the Vintage Video Podcast. I have had just about enough out of you, girly. Hey, if it wasn't for me, you'd be nothing but a burnt offering in the middle of the Wilmoth Ranch. Please, both of you. This is neither the time nor the place. What are you three doing in here? Haven't you heard all of Los Angeles County is under martial law? Martial law? Oh, no. I'm not going to be anybody's handmaid. Citizens are being directed to evacuate immediately. By whose authority? I'm Captain Lansing of the Signal Corps, attached to the state militia. We have eight battalions of infantry surrounding the cylindrical object and are prepared for engagement. You must leave at once. You don't gotta tell me twice. Captain, may I interview you? Well, um, the things, whatever they are, don't even venture to poke their heads above the pit. I can see their hiding place plainly in the glare of the searchlights. 
you want me to speak directly into the microphone? <laughs> yes, please! Go on, Captain Lansing. With all their reported resources, these creatures can scarcely stand up against heavy machine gun fire. He hasn't seen the heat ray yet, has he? Apparently not. <laughs> anyway, it's an interesting outing for the troops. I can make out their khaki uniforms crossing back and forth in front of the lights. It looks almost like a real war. Professor, amidst this testosterone-fueled folly, shall we take our leave? Pedal to the metal. We ought to see some action soon. One of the companies is deploying on the left flank. A quick thrust, and it'll all be over. Wait a minute. I see something on top of the cylinder. Those monsters don't stand a chance. 7,000 armed men closing in on an old metal tube. Uh... Tub. It's something moving. Solid metal, kind of a, a shield-like affair rising up out of the cylinder. It's going higher and higher. Why, it's standing on legs. Three of them. Actually rearing up on sort of metal framework. Now it's reaching above the trees. Those spindly legs? <laughs> no match for our tanks. That light, that flame, the heat ray! Ladies and gentlemen, I have a grave announcement to make. The battle which took place tonight in Santa Clarita has ended in one of the most startling defeats ever suffered by an army in modern times. 7,000 men armed with rifles and machine guns pitted against a single fighting machine of the invaders from Mars. 120 known survivors. The rest, strewn over the battle area, crushed and trampled to death under the metal feet of the monster, or burned to cinders by its heat ray. We have not been able to make contact with our mobile unit on the scene. We now believe Carl Phillips is dead. Well, Martians are officially invading SoCal and systematically destroying everything we hold dear. But on the bright side, Carl's dead. Madison, such schadenfreude. Dude, I grew up on John Hughes movies. It's woven into my very being to celebrate douche nozzles getting totally obliterated. Rather apropos you use obliterated. If the Martians have defeated our armies, I dare say they'll be in Los Angeles any moment now. So now what, Professor? Flee north to Canada? Oh god, I hope Ryan Reynolds evacuated back to his home in Vancouver. He must be protected! He's a national treasure! Wait, if he's Canadian, does that make him their national treasure? Or can we still claim him? I don't know that there is any place to flee to, Madison. I've been watching Mars through the telescope. There are gas bursts in regular, frequent intervals. They're sending more cylinders, more reinforcements. They're sending their invading army. And they just made it to Hollywood. Come outside. We can see from the observation deck. Man, I gotta get me one of those tripod thingies. What a way to get around LA traffic. Those machines. At least half a dozen of them. Look, do you see the black smoke? Rolling like a sort of fog. Ah, uh, there's the pollution I know and breathe. Smoke spreading faster. People in the streets see it now. They're running towards the L.A. River. Thousands of them, dropping in like rats. Whoa! The L.A. River is actually... a river? I'm used to it being paved over in cement looking like an abandoned ride at a water park. Los Angeles has fallen. <gasps> oh no! Vintage Video Podcast isn't broadcasting anymore! 
Patrick must be dead. Aww. We must get to safety. Got any ideas? Because they just blew up Gromit's Chinese Theater, the Hollywood sign, and Paramount Studios. If they're going through a tourist guide of Los Angeles, Griffith Park Observatory is definitely going to be on the list. I know where we can go. Ha! Come with me. If I want to live. I'm sorry? The line is, come with me if you want to live. I, um, what? Okay, after this is all over, we're binging the Terminator movies. And if the story doesn't scare you, wait till you see who's the future governor of California. As I set down these notes on paper, I'm obsessed by the thought that I may be the last living man on Earth. All that happened before the arrival of these monstrous creatures in the world now seems part of another life. A life that has no continuity with the present. Furtive existence of the lonely derelict who pencils these words on the back of some astronomical notes bearing the signature of Richard Pearson. If you're the last living man on Earth, does that make me the last living woman? Please don't interrupt. Because if we're all that's left, the human race is over. I'm not making babies with you, Grandpa. I'm trying to write down my daily life to preserve human history. Preserve it for who? The Martians? I'm pretty sure they're going to teach their version of history. We came, we saw, we heat-rayed their asses. Next chapter. (sighs) Is there any of the bread left? No, just this questionable tangerine I found behind the fridge. It's been days. We need to leave the safety of this basement and see what we can salvage from the destruction above. I haven't looted a grocery store in years! Let's go to the surface, but be cautious. People always condemn looting grocery stores and then turn around and watch supermarket sweep. Dang, it looks like a Hollywood disaster movie out there. Where's our ragtag team of heroes to save us from the evil invaders? If you're referring to the military, they've been all but wiped out. Well, of course they have! Our human weapons are never a match for alien technology. Science fiction 101. Well, at least the black cloud of gas has lifted. The scorched hillside to the north looks as though a black snowstorm has passed over it. Nah, that's just the valley. It always looks like that. I'm afraid your car has fallen victim to the Martians as well. Ah, jeez. Reminds me of the time I parked at a school zone. Never block parents picking up their kids from school. They're like gladiators in a Prius. Well... We better get walking. Uh, walking? Fighting for your survival sucks. I make my way out of Griffith Park to a main road. Los Feliz Boulevard. No traffic. Here and there, a wrecked car, baggage overturned, a blackened skeleton. Madison! Don't poke that skeleton with a stick! Like he's gonna know! For some reason, I feel safer trailing these monsters than running away from them. And I keep a careful watch. I've seen the Martians feed. Should one of their machines appear over the top of trees, I'm ready to fling myself flat on the earth. What do you think flinging yourself on the ground will do? You've got no chance of camouflage with that tweed jacket. Madison, I'd like this recording to be without your commentary. Hey, I gave you my phone to use to record your little diary. I'm letting you have precious battery time. I don't know when I'm going to be able to charge it again. 
Yes, clearly the Martians have knocked out the electricity. Quiet a moment. I have an odd feeling we're being watched. Martians? I don't believe so, but something is crouching in that doorway. Stop! Please, you don't need to brandish that knife. We mean you no harm. Seriously, Crocodile Dundee. Where do you think you are? The outback of Hollywood and Vine? There's no food here. This is my country. All this into town down to Sunset Boulevard. There's only food for one. We don't intend to stay. We're just passing through. Ignore him. He's like every other crazy homeless dude on Hollywood Boulevard. What What was that? Did you hear something just then? A bird, perhaps? Yeah. You get to know that birds have shadows these days. Oh, is that so? Why are you humoring him? He'll either stab you or vomit on your shoes. Have you never taken the subway in L.A.? Tell me, have you seen any Martians? Nah, they've gone on to downtown L.A. At night, the sky is alive with their lights. Just as if people are still living in it. By daylight, you can't see them. Five days ago, a couple of them carried something big across the valley from the airport. I think they're learning how to fly. Learning to fly? Do you think they walked here from Mars? Well, their cylinder projectiles clearly weren't steerable, as they landed with great impact onto the Earth. The difference is between a rocket that sent airborne only to succumb to gravity and crash back to Earth, versus an airplane with sophisticated controls guided by a man. You sound like you know a lot about science. Yes, I am an astronomer. Then it's your fault! Why didn't you smarty-pants scientists figure out a way to stop them? They wrecked the greatest country in the world! Not Canada! Those green stars, they're probably falling somewhere every night. They've only lost one machine. There isn't anything to do. We're done. We're licked. No thanks to your types. Where were you? You're in uniform. Another war veteran on the streets. Sad. There wasn't any war. Any more than there's a war between men and ants. Yes, but we're eatable ants. What do you suppose they'll do with us? Mm, I, I thought that out. Of course you have. Dude, Professor, why are we wasting time listening to crazy conspiracy theories? This is Hollywood. He could be a Scientologist. I'm interested in his observations. Of course, after these Martians, the Scientologist alien Zenu theory is sounding a lot more plausible. See if he has any brochures. They feed on us. Right now, we're caught as we're wanted. The Martian only has to go a few miles to get a crowd on the run. They won't keep on doing that. They'll begin catching us systematic-like, keeping the best and sorting us in cages and things. If given the choice, I'd like to be a free-range human. Cities, nations, civilization, done. Yes, but if that's so, what is there to live for? What is there left? Life, that's what. I want to live, and I don't mean to be caught either. Tamed and fattened and bred like an ox. Who eats ox? I've thought it all out, you see. It isn't all of us that are made for wild beasts. Uh, These little office workers that used to live in these houses, eh, they'd be no good. They haven't any stuff in them. I've had vegan oxtail before. Voxtail. Why anyone thought oxtail was popular enough to make a vegan version of it, I will never know. I've seen hundreds of them running to catch their commuter train in the morning, afraid they'd be canned if they didn't. Running back at night, afraid they won't be in time for dinner. You've described the lives of most Americans. But what is your theory? 
The Martians will be a godsend for these guys. Nice roomy cages, good food, careful breeding, no worries. After a week or so chasing about the fields on empty stomachs, they'll come and be glad to be caught. That sounds like my sister-in-law. She had an emotional breakdown when they closed the crate and barrel near her house. These Martians, they're, they're going to make pets of some of them. Train them to do tricks. Get sentimental over that pet boy who grew up and had to be killed. And some, they'll train to hunt us. Oh no! They're going to treat us like we do every animal on this planet. That is not fair. So we'll live underground. I've been thinking about the sewers. Uh, under Los Angeles, there are miles and miles of them. Uh, the main ones are big enough for anybody. And there's cellars, vaults, underground storerooms, railway tunnels, subways. Okay, he's got us living in sewers like frickin' Ninja Turtles. Can we go now? Best of luck to you, friend. Wait, uh, what's the matter? Uh, where are you going? Not to your world. All right, the next knife-wielding maniac we run into, we avoid. Plan? Plan. Wow. I haven't seen Wilshire Boulevard this empty since quarantine. Then it was only Amazon trucks and always that one hipster douchebag on a fixie bike. Look over there on La Brea. More of that black powder in several bodies. Oh, a poor little chihuahua. Oh, I bet he was somebody's pet. Yeah, he has a collar. Hey, puppy, puppy. What's that in his mouth? Some sort of meat. Eh, it's a hand. With nail polish. That's eh, kind of how I expect Paris Hilton to go. Do you see that flock of black birds? Are those ravens or crows? I can never tell the difference. I know ravens are supposed to be bigger, but how do you know when they're that far away? Come on, you're the science guy. I'm an astronomer, not an ornithologist. Hey, what you do behind closed doors is none of my business. The birds seem to be circling something. Dude! Martian! Machine thing! That's the La Brea Tar Pits. <gasps> you think they're stuck in the Tar Pits? Like the statue of that mammoth who can't reach her baby? Oh god, that thing traumatized me as a kid. It's like Artax in the never-ending story. Why do they do that to children? Come along. Let's get a closer view. What is with you in running towards the Martians? My word. There are at least 15... Twenty of those great metal titans. But notice, their cows are empty. Their steel arms hanging listlessly by their sides. Yeah, but what about the actual Martians? There. That's the source of the birds. They're pecking and tearing brown shreds of flesh from the monster's dead bodies. Okay, that's disgusting. Good thing I have an empty stomach right now. Where are you going? I need to know what killed them. Don't touch them! You don't know if their blood is acid or something. Look at this. Okay, what am I looking at? Oh, I'll need to perform a proper examination in my lab, but you see this pulpus area surrounded with a hard crust? Yeah? I believe it to be signs of, of an infection. Man, if they'd had a picture of that in my high school health book, I'd have become a nun. They were killed by the putrefactive and diseased bacteria 
against which their systems were unprepared, slain, after all man's defences had failed, by the humblest thing that God in his wisdom had put on this earth. Hey, after COVID, I have a newfound respect for the invisible threats of bacteria and viruses. Seriously. Near the end of quarantine, I was living like Howard Hughes. I even ran out of jars for my urine. Before the cylinder fell, there was a general persuasion that, through all the deep of space, no life existed beyond the petty surface of our minute sphere. Now we see further. It will be strange to watch children playing in the streets again. Strange to see young people strolling on the green where the new spring grass will heal the last black scars of a bruised earth. Strange to watch the tourists in the museum checking out the Martian machines you'll put on display to cash in on this tragedy. Oh, and I suppose we're all meant to survive on grant money, eh? Go on, take us home, Professor. Strange when I recall the time when I first saw it. Bright, clean-cut, hard and silent, under the dawn of that last great day. enjoyed our adaptation of Orson Welles and the Mercury Theater's 1938 presentation of the H.G. Wells novel, The War of the Worlds. No other OTR show has been requested to us more, so we're thrilled to make it our Halloween special this year. Also, a huge thank you to the Vintage Video Podcast gang, Patrick O'Reilly, Jesse Bayless, and Richard Wells. Another Wells! Thank you guys for sharing your episode 40, which is reviewing Friday the 13th. You can check out the full episode, as well as a ton more, wherever you get your podcasts. I promise, Patrick didn't really get all burnt up by the Martians. And hey, you think you know everything about Orson Welles and the backlash from his broadcast of War of the Worlds? Catch our Madison's Mad Facts bonus feature, where we'll dive into the rumors that are still being told as fact today. Happy Halloween! Madison on the Air was written and produced by Chrissy Talon Sage with music composition and audio engineering by Jeremy Sage. The role of Madison Standish was played by Chrissy Talon Sage. Kareem Confley appeared as Professor Pearson. Other actors in the cast were David Pinion as Carl Phillips, Patrick O'Reilly as Patrick, Bill Jenkins as the policeman, Sharon Gruenwald as Mrs. Wilmoth, Jerry Kokich as Captain Lansing, Paul Arabisi as The Stranger, and Matthew Bird as the opening announcer. Vintage Video Podcast Audio was provided by Patrick O'Reilly. <laughs>